Thank you for listening to The Leader. And remember, you can subscribe through your favourite podcast provider. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Donald Trump is in the UK and said he would not interfere in the general election. Then he did anyway. I'll stay out of the election. Uh, You know that I was a fan of Brexit, but uh, I stay out of it. Uh, I think Boris is very capable and I think he'll do a good job. We'll speak to our deputy political editor, Nick Cecil, about that at an evening standard poll showing Labour staging a late fight back. Also, our brain bank, it was launched last year in the US and it's launching tonight in the UK. Health editor Ross Lydell on a smartphone app to help people with brain cancer. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, Trump comes to the UK, but there'll be no photo call with Boris Johnson. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com hi i'm lawrence delalio host of the evening standard rugby podcast brought to you in partnership with qbe business insurance The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. There's long been something of a romance between the UK and the US. It's often fraught, tempestuous. There was a bit of a breakup early on. But it's a relationship often described as special. And the closeness of its leaders has at times been the envy of the world. Reagan and Thatcher's united front arguably played a key role in the end of the Cold War. In a post-Brexit world, we can expect Boris Johnson to want Donald Trump to be his very best friend. But there's an election to be won first... And for now, the UK PM's acting a bit hard to get. You're meeting Angela Merkel, President Macron and President Erdogan today for a private meeting and you're not doing the same with Donald Trump. Is he an embarrassment? On the contrary. And uh, we have good relations with... I have good relations with Washington, with the President. Our editorial column says that's because it's complicated. If you want reminding of the perils of a Christmas visit to the UK by the American president, then watch a seasonal rerun of Love Actually. A lechy US leader hits on the same girl the Prime Minister is eyeing up. With Donald Trump in town at the invitation of Boris Johnson, who says life doesn't imitate art. Should the National Health Service be on the table in trade talks? No, not at all. I have nothing to do with it. Never even thought about it. In the film, the PM pushes back in a public press conference, 
standing alongside his unwelcome American guest, saying the only relationship the president understands is one where he takes exactly what he wants and casually ignores all the things that really matter to Britain. That's where the fiction departs from reality. The one thing you won't see is the Prime Minister standing at a press conference alongside Mr Trump. You're not meeting yes. Donald Trump for a private talk this week and you're the host of NATO, so what's that about? Well, actually, I'm meeting not only the President of the United States, I'm meeting every one of the NATO leaders, as you'd expect, in the course of the, of the next couple of days. Mr Johnson is worried the film script will resonate with the British public. Specifically, he fears that people will believe that the US president is seeking a post-Brexit trade deal in which he gets access to NHS contracts that American companies want, while casually ignoring the British public's enthusiasm for a publicly run health service. Our deputy political editor Nick Cecil's in our Westminster office. Nick, Donald Trump called Boris Johnson very capable, which sounds an awful lot like an endorsement. How's that going to go down at Conservative Election HQ? Um, well, so certainly Donald Trump arrived um, in Britain last night for a NATO conference. And, and this morning he gave an impromptu um, press conference and he said he'd stay out of Britain's election which is probably what Tory HQ wanted to hear. He managed to stick to this position for at least seconds or possibly minutes, but then he waded straight in. First, he praised Boris Johnson, saying, I think Boris is very capable. I think he'll do a good job. Then the president backed Brexit, the Conservatives' flagship election policy, saying, he said, you know that I was a fan of Brexit. I called it the day before. And then he fired a large missile straight at Labour's, Labour's central election claim that the NHS would be, quote, for sale under a US-UK trade deal. And yet, despite all this love that the US president is giving to the UK prime minister, there's not going to be a one-on-one -on -one meeting between them, is there? No, um, certainly as of this morning, uh, no bilateral meeting had been confirmed between the prime minister and Donald Trump, and this suggests that Mr Johnson does not want to be seen to be too close to the, to the president before polling day. Boris Johnson on the campaign trail earlier was being interviewed and he said that uh, Donald Trump is not an embarrassment to him. So why is there this reticence to stand beside the U US president when previously so many prime ministers would have loved to have stood next to a US president? Well, well, on the face of it, yes, you, you'd think that Donald Trump's comments would favour Boris Johnson, um, especially as he's clearly undermining Labour's claim on the NHS. But, but they'll still be nervous in Tory HQ because many voters simply do not believe Mr Trump and will be angry that he has intervened at all in the, in the election. A another important point to remember is that a, a British gov government analysis last year found that a free trade deal with the US is likely, likely to boost the UK economy by just 0.2% over 15 years, which is a tiny fraction of the expected damage caused by Brexit. Is Donald Trump backing Boris Johnson a bonus for Jeremy Corbyn? Focus groups sh show that when Labour mentioned Trump, it boosts their support. And that, so they'll, they will try to milk Miss, the president's um, time in Britain and any comments he makes as much as possible. And that would be coming at a good time for Labour because a poll in our newspaper is showing that they're making a bit of a fight back. 
Yes, there's a, a new poll by YouGov in the Evening Standard today, which shows that Labour has extended its lead in London to 17 points. So Labour is on 47%, up 8 points on November. The Tories have nudged up 1 point to 30%, and the Liberal Democrats have been squeezed by 4 points and are down to 15%. So Labour has a big lead, which is similar to 2017, but not as big as on Election Day that year, when it was 22%. So there are lots of very tight races in London, but it's still possible that Labour could lose some seats, including possibly Kensington and Battersea. It's going to be a, quite a close election by the looks of these polls, isn't it? Certainly the, the gap is now narr- narrowing according to, to most polls. So a, a few weeks ago, the Tories were had a, a double-digit lead in, in many polls. Now that's beginning to be squeezed down to about seven or eight. If this trend continues, then come next Thursday, it could be very tight. Next, what this initiative now will be doing is essentially looking worldwide to enable patients to share their data with researchers, not just ones working now, but ones working in the future. Health editor Ross Lydell on a new scheme to boost research into brain tumours. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I hope that this debate will give hope to other cancer patients like me so that we can live well together with cancer, not just dying of it. All of us for longer. Thank you. Just four months after giving this speech in the House of Lords last year, Dame Tessa Jowell passed away from a form of brain cancer, which has an average survival rate of just over a year. Now researchers from all over the world are working together with the aim of making the condition treatable, not terminal. And they're starting with a new smartphone app being launched in the UK. Our health editor, Ross Lydell, has the story and is with me now. Ross, what are they doing? Well, listeners will remember the death of Tessa Gile about 18 months ago, she had a brain tumour known as a glioblastoma. And before she died, she campaigned vigorously to try and enable better research into this disease. 
about two and a half thousand people in England are diagnosed with glioblastomas. It's the most aggressive form of brain tumour there is. That happens each year. And what's happening today is that a new initiative to try and enable patients to help doctors researching brain tumours is being launched. This is called Our Brain Bank. It was launched last year in the US and it's launching tonight in the UK. And that's being launched by Jenna Bennett, who was a major figure in British television. That's right. She was one of the biggest of the bosses at the BBC for a long time. She spent about 30 years there. Uh, she was involved at the sort of genesis of programmes such as Strictly Come Dancing. She's also probably best known as having been in charge when the iPlayer was launched. And what we are reporting today in The Standard is that uh, Jaina Bennett has decided to reveal that she too has exactly the same type of tumour that Tessa Jowell had and that she is lending her support to this new charity and becoming a trustee of our brain bank. And like you said, this tumour is incredibly aggressive. It's very hard to treat. So this kind of research must be extremely important. The reality with many brain tumours, because there's around 12,500 diagnoses of different forms of brain tumour each year in the UK, is that they're actually what are classed as rare diseases. And of glioblastoma, when it's 2,500, that's a very small number. It's not to diminish that the fact that many people will die from this and die quickly. You know, the average survival is only 14 months from diagnosis. But in medical terms, that's a small number compared to the likes of breast cancer or prostate cancer. And the problem that creates for researchers is they don't simply have enough patients to uh, go on effectively to, to use uh, in terms of their own results to work out how to save others. So what this initiative now will be doing is essentially looking worldwide to enable patients to share their data in anonymised form with researchers, not just ones working now, but ones working in the future, so they can say, this treatment worked on me, this treatment didn't, this treatment made me feel a certain way. And the hope is that by building up this sort of information data bank, that it will help in the long run to tackle glioblastoma and brain tumours in general. So it could be quite some time before we see any benefits from this particular initiative. But one thing that will happen immediately is people talking about it. That's right. There's the ongoing issue with brain tumours is that the two main charities that support uh, patients believe that uh, brain tumours, brain cancers get a very small slice of the overall funding pie that a lot of money for research into cancer tends to go towards breast cancer and prostate cancer, the two big ones, well, in addition to lung cancer as well. So there is this underlying campaign saying basically give us more money so we can look into this really difficult cancer and the belief here of certainly from Jessica Morris who is the the Londoner who's now in the States who basically founded our brain bank, she believes that if a better understanding of the sort of genetics and the causes of glioblastoma can happen, that that will then help inform the simpler cancers too so that all cancer patients can benefit. And that's the leader. Thank you for listening and please subscribe and rate us through your podcast provider. And also give our audio news bulletins a try. They're available through smart speakers just by asking for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back at 4pm tomorrow.